wake up and get out of bed. Don't delay your sleepy head. Grab a seat on the couch. Listen to what we're talking about in a Saturday morning pajamas. Hello and welcome. Pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a seat on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm your host, Jax, and in honor of a tiny, little, itty-bitty remake released into theaters later this week, AJ and I have watched the original 1984 classic, Ghostbusters. Unfortunately, AJ is unable to join me for today's podcast. However, do not fret, he is with us in spirit. Spooky spirit. Okay, moving on. Let's not waste any more time, and let's get right into things. First up, for those who have been living on a research station in Antarctica... Just what is the plot of the original Ghostbusters? We have three scientists, Egon Spangler, Ray Stans, and Peter Venkman, who work for a university in New York City. Ray and Egon are researching paranormal specter activity, while Venkman is studying psychic abilities. Sort of. Okay, he's really more of a goof-off who uses his test to hit on co-eds. But, you know, this man somehow has two PhDs, one psychology and one in parapsychology. So you know what? He's a doctor. He wants to do what with his time? Teach his own. For reasons unknown, a strange surgence in paranormal activity has begun in the city. The beginning of this is the ghost of a librarian is seen at the public library. I don't want to go too much into this event as really it involves some of the best and most memorable parts of the movie. But suffice to say, the mean with this lady, uh, librarian, what have you, it is a great turning point for all the three scientists' work and lives. Following the library incident, the guys discover that the university dean has canceled their grants, which apparently you can do. The dean is a skeptic, and even though the guys now have proof of their study, their materials are taken away, never to be mentioned again. The guys really didn't mention this their proof to the dean either, but I don't think he would have believed them if they tried. In a drunken, what are we going to do moment, Bankman suggests that they go into business capturing ghosts for the fair citizens of New York. Of course, there might be a small profit involved here, but no, that can't be Bankman's ulterior motive at all. Uh, to help succeed at this, though, he is has the knowledge that Egon has a great idea that most likely it will work to build a portable machine to capture the ghost as well as a containment unit which can uh, store the specters. So they take out a loan, do this or that, maybe mortgage raise house a couple times. Tiny, normal things that your friends would ask you. At first, business is slow as no one will take the newly dubbed Ghostbusters seriously. However, after a couple of high-profile busts, business is booming. Business gets so good, in fact, that they take on a fourth Ghostbuster named Winston Zedmore. This guy is not a scientist, just a hard-working guy who ain't afraid of no ghost. And then he actually is hired really much as, like, you're willing to work for us? You're good. Uh, I guess the original script had more to him, but you know what? He gets more play in the second movie, I believe. Uh, I actually have to rewatch that one still, but he's not very developed in this movie, just saying. But, you know, he's cool. Rounding out the Ghostbusters staff is their secretary, Janine. Uh, she, at least in my mind, she's the rock of the place. She knows how to handle each guy's quirk and get shit done. 
she knows that Venkman is a smartass, and she knows how to talk back to him, gives it right back. You know, she knows Ray's nice, needs a little bit of direction, and so forth. So she is a great asset to the to the company. In the routine of busting apparitions, one such client named Dana Barrett stands out. She is a beautiful woman whom Vakeman immediately sets his sights on wooing. Dana's case is unique as there seems to be activities centered around her apartment. There's not a ghost per se, just weird shit starts happening. Um, for example, just one small spoiler is that she comes home from with groceries and she takes the eggs out of the bag, puts them on the counter. The eggs start breaking and popping out of their shells and just cooking on the countertop. Weird shit. The guys come over. They can't find any specters, but Peter, you know, he, he really wants to take care of this client. So he's going to spend the time, and he keeps researching things. He may be asking her to meet to discuss this stuff over dinner, but he's taking the time. So she's still in the vicinity. Now, to add some more conflict, though, the Ghostbusters must also deal with the guy by the last name of Peck. Peck works for the EPA, and he believes the ghost containment unit is against environmental regulations and just wants to have it shut down. Bankman, being the smartest that he is, goads Peck until Peck does something stupid. So now the city is overflowing with a greater number of ghost schools, slimers, whatever, than ever before, and the Ghostbusters must deal not only with fighting all these ghosts, but also the EPA and a demon named Zul. I won't get into more, at least I spoil something new or forgotten, but if you want to check out the original film, it's currently available to rent on Amazon Video. Uh, I think it's around like $4 for a rental, um, or maybe it was two, somewhere around there. Under five bucks guaranteed. Um, or you can actually just purchase each movie individually for about 10 bucks at your local Target, Walmart. Uh, you can go online to Amazon or some other video stores. Uh, for those who are super lazy, if you go to nonoms.net, there will be a link at the bottom of the blog post for this episode where you can just click and order the either the movies individually or the two-pack, what have you. Um, I also have a few other little goodies down there as well if you want to check it out. Okay, so I want you to hold on tight, and I will be right back after a quick word from two of my fellow podcasters. Hey there, Saturday morning pajamas. This is Whiskey TK. Jacob. <laughs> Cody. And it's your boy, JT. It's your boy. We are Black Market Cheese. Did you die? Yeah, you do a segue, right? <laughs> Settlers of Catan is different every time you play it. <laughs> so, it's the most outrageous thing I've so ever out- seen. Insert coin to continue. Check us out on YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. And you can also contact us at credit number two continue on Twitter. And we're out. Hello, this is for... I can't we say hello at the same time? Fuck's sake. <laughs> Hello! Hello. This is an advertisement for Master Debaters. Oh, can we say Master Debaters together as well? Yeah? Hello! Hello. I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Toffer. And we are the Master Debaters. Oh, we are the Master Debaters! We're all saying it. Yeah. Hello! Hello. I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Toffer. And we we are are the Master Debaters. I thought we were just doing... Hello. Hello! I'm Michael. I'm Sean. I'm Toffer. We are... The, the Master, Master Debaters. Debaters! You can find us on Twitter, at underscore Master Debaters, SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. Just do yourself a favour and jump aboard this podcast train. Choo-choo, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. 
Now we're going to get a little bit spoilery. If you want to go watch or rewatch the original movie first, then just pause right here and I'll be waiting. For the rest of you, spoilers ho! Overall, I am a big fan of the Ghostbusters franchise. I have fond memories of watching the real Ghostbusters cartoon show as a child. I remember I had a play school flashlight that could shine white, red, or green, and I would pretend the green light was slimer flying around my room. Uh, my friend Wesley, him and his brother had the proton pack and the trap toys, luckies, um, so we spent hours just playing Ghostbusters when we were little. Suffice to say, Ghostbusters holds a special place in my nostalgic heart, and I'm hoping this episode rings a little true for the rest of you. Alright, so now while we're watching the movie this evening, a few tidbits did stand out to me and I thought I would just like to share. Uh, these aren't really a particular order, just come as I go. But first off, I just re-watching this, I noticed that the music in this movie is a character all its own. I mean, you always kind of notice the music, but this just had me overly noticing just how great it was. From the orchestral score used in the opening library scene to the pop songs that are straight up telling the plot later on. The music is one thing I really had focused on before, uh, but the rewatch, it really brought out the new appreciation for the music in this film. Uh, I'm going to buy the soundtrack. I, d I don't know about that, but definitely something I'll play on my Spotify or Google Play Music playlist. Now, continuing with that note, I meant it when I said the pop songs explicitly state the plot. For example, what's the name of the group of these guys? Why, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Yeah, the theme song. Uh, the containment unit, when it's shut down and all the spirits are loose, we have a song that goes something about, like, do you believe it's magic or something like that. There's another word magic there, but kind of makes sense. Alright, and the most telling one. The Ghostbusters get out of jail, and they're on their way to Dana's apartment to fight the big bad. And the song leaders go, saving the day, saving the day. Pretend I can sing. Um, those, you know, things could not be any clearer. Uh, and yet, you know, sometimes we might think this is cheesy in other films. It just really works here just because you're just having so much fun in the moment. Moving along, when I'm watching the cold opening in the library, it just reminds me how much this movie at one point could have been a lot scarier. The whole scene is executed perfectly and really sets you up for a different film almost. I, overall, I really love the balance of the humor and the scariness that they throw into this movie. Once I never completely wins out, so to me that just makes it really engaging and keeps you interested. Talking about the characters, everyone in this movie pretty much has their moment to shine. During my rewatch, rewatch, I can talk. I tried to pinpoint the the archetype, the uh, stereotype, basically for each character, and well, I can think I can sum everything up with just five words: superheroes for the socially inept. Think about it. Egon is clueless. Janine has a crush on him, and he's just a very straight man, um, almost like a precursor to Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Ray is just a super fanboy about ghosts and has trouble picking up on social cues. He is like that friend that just would not get it when you were trying to hit on that girl or whatever. <laughs> Lewis, well, he also doesn't pick up on social cues, but, you know, worse still, he would be best described as a dweeb. He, but that doesn't stop him. He still throws great parties. He still is out there. He's going, easygoing. He's just a great guy. And then the best case scenario we have is for Winston. 
we don't get too much of his characterization in this movie, mainly because he doesn't show up until halfway through once they're done pretty much talking about or introducing to all the characters. But he's still a great character. He does stand up. You know, at certain points he's like, I just start working for these guys. But you know what? These are the real deal. He is just, he's your everyman. That's what he is. Um, so everyone has their own quirks. And while they're not the charismatic Tony Starks we have today or the Bruce Wayne of the Tim Burton Batman movies in the 80s or early 90s, that everyone pours their hearts out and do to do a job that they love. Let's take a little turn here, and I want you to hear me on this one. I remember some years ago, we were being warned against using our cell phones at the gas pumps because they were going to go boom or something from the signals or what have you. Okay, I'll buy that. But then how can Ray light up a cigarette while carrying, to quote, an unlicensed nuclear device on his back? Same with Egon and Winston when they're chilling next to the containment unit. Smoking away, I mean... I get the radiation is going to give them cancer anyways, but can we not blow up, like, half of New York City at the same time? Speaking of blowing up the city, one thing that was blowing up was the prices. So, when the boys take down Slimer at the hotel and their super discreet method, they charge $4,000 for the capture, plus an additional $1,000 for long-term storage. That's $5,000 in 1984 money. Now, I was curious what that would be today, because I'm like, that's a bit much. Yeah, today that would be $11,674.48, according to dollartimes.com. Uh, I sure hope that my ghost is a friendly one, because hell if I could afford to have it zapped up. If I had $10,000, $11,000, I wouldn't be able to touch it. My student loans would want that money, and maybe a vacation, but more likely loans. <laughs> Alright, a bit earlier I talked a bit about the EPA dude and his bits to do with the movie. We all know he's a dick. Well, technically dickless, but my point stands. He he actually wasn't really the bad guy in the literal sense. He's like that boss that everyone has who is just a plain jerk, but still not technically doing anything illegal. Like, can I have this extra day off? No. You're going to do this crappy part of the job. Now, it's still part of your job. He could have assigned it to anybody, but because he's a jerk, he gave it to you. That sums up Peck. None of the ghost-busting proton packs or containment units were cleared for city use, or any use that I am aware of. Peter had a chance to work with Peck. However, he decided to be a smartass and turn things into a pissing contest. Now, while I believe Peck should have maybe called in some experts to determine the best way to cease use of a containment unit, you know, similar to how when they turn off the gas at a house or they need to disable something with, that you're not, you're not familiar with. The point still stands that the unit was illegal and it was within Peck's rights to shut it down. Now then, should Peck have blamed the entire thing on the Ghostbusters? No, because he caused this. You know, they may have built the unit, but he did not take proper safety steps to take care of things. So just think of this about... Uh, so just think about this the next time you cheer when he is doused in the Stay Puff goo. It was job, not his job that made him deserving, just his jerk attitude. Okay, so I have a few final thoughts as well as a nice little message about next weekend's show after a message from one of my fellow podcasters. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Out of Work Sidekicks podcast. We'll have one expert and one idiot, and you and we won't be able to tell which one is which. And we are your hosts. My name is Justin. And my name is Jeremy. We are a weekly podcast that talks comics and sci-fi, movies, TV shows, books, and everything in between, including the age-old question, how would Bugs Bunny win in a fight with Marvel's The Vision? Where can you find this wonderful podcast, you might ask? Well, you can find us on facebook.com slash Sidekicks. Or by searching The Out of Work Sidekicks. You can also find us on Instagram, The Out of Work Sidekicks, all one word. Or on Twitter, at OOW Sidekicks. Or you can email us at The Out of Work Sidekicks at gmail.com. So, where can you subscribe to this wonderful show, you might ask? Well, you can find us on iTunes or on the Google Play Store or wherever else podcasts are found. So, if you're into comics and sci fi, give us a listen. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Justin with the Mysterious Circumstances Podcast, where we cover lesser-known cases that have happened under mysterious circumstances, of course, including uh, murder, disappearance, and maybe even a little bit of the paranormal. So come on out, check out a few episodes, and who knows, you just might like it. Overall, this is one of my top movies. It can never get old, and if I happen to child flip past any scene... You can bet I'll be watching just a little bit more, if not the rest of the movie. I encourage you to check it out for the first time or the 500th time, and just enjoy the moment. Enjoy yourselves. That's all I ask. (laughs) That's all for today. I'd like to thank my listeners on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play Music, as well as many other platforms. If you like this show even a little bit, consider becoming a patron at podbean or patreon.com. Links are in the tip jar on nonoms.net. That's N-O-N-O-M-S dot net. I'd also like to invite everyone to join me this Friday for a special day early edition of Saturday Morning Pajamas. I know, I know, usually Saturday is when you get your weekend episode from me, but I'm going to be going live early Friday morning uh, for a special event. Tickets have been purchased, and AJ will be joining me for our viewing of the 2016 All-Female Ghosters remake. I'm keeping an open mind, and I hope you will as well. Be sure to come back and check out my full review, see if this is something you might be interested in, or at least just hear my thoughts. Till then, go Team Instinct, and I will see you all on Friday.